Welcome to Rich Black Woman, your destination to enlighten your life from the inside out, where we empower you to be rich in mind, body, and bank. Now, here's your host, Yaz. Welcome to Rich Black Woman, where we empower women to be rich in mind, body, and bank. I'm your host, Yaz, creator and founder of Rich Black Woman, and I'm excited to bring you inspiring guests from around the world who will enrich your life from the inside out. Every week, we talk with change makers from around the world who will nourish your soul, your intellect, and enrich your bottom line. Ladies, it's time to bring the bank. I'm delighted to be enriched by our next guest, Carol Neal. She has a special place in my heart because she's also a fellow Bruin like myself. And we recently met at an amazing UCLA Diversity Women's Conference. And let me tell you a little bit about Carol Neal. Carol is a senior member of the Verizon Marketing Organization. She is responsible for the digital marketing and branding strategy for a multi-billion dollar product portfolio. She is actively involved within her community and serves on the board of directors for Green Dot Public Schools, a great uh, public school system preparing young minds for college, and the advisory council for the Academic Advancement Program at UCLA, a program that I personally benefited from as well. Carol has an undergraduate degree in business and French from Hood College in Frederick, Maryland, and an MBA from UCLA Anderson School of Management. And she also holds a project management certification. So basically, Carol is doing some stuff, y'all. Let's welcome her to the show um, and her experience and really to talk about today how to get involved in and on boards. And, you know, I want to talk about with you, Carol, because I know you've got some really great experience being on boards yourself, um, but really kind of demystifying and breaking it down. You know, people hear about boards and corporate boards and nonprofit boards. And I think for many of us, it feels like something that's not tangible. It also feels a little bit like, hmm, do our black people there, you know, um, how do we get there? And what does it mean? Like, what is a board and how can that benefit from benefit us? So I wanted to kind of have you break it down for us. Awesome. Well, first, let me say thank you. I'm so excited to participate uh, on your podcast. And, you know, as you know, we met at the UCLA event. It was just a fantastic connection. So I'm, I'm thrilled to be able to just take it to The next step. So, you know, boards are a fantastic way to be involved in your community and ultimately to be a part of the decision making process that impacts your community. And boards are essentially the governing body of an organization. So whether it's a nonprofit or corporate or a public commission, because states and governments also have boards and commissions, what they really do, what the board of directors do is they really are oversight. They provide oversight for the organization, looking at the finances, looking at the different decisions that are being made, giving guidance to the executive levels within that organization to really help shepherd them through the decision-making process. And most of the time, boards are comprised of, of people that have various skill sets. So it's, you know, harnessing all those skill sets to really help the organization make decisions that further their mission. And again, particularly when you're talking about in the nonprofit space, make more of an impact in the community. Awesome. I hear you talking about, you know, 
being a part of the decision-making process. And it follows a theme that we've kind of had recently where we um, talked with um, another amazing woman and just being at the table in terms of politics and, you know, um, running for office. And this is kind of another way to be at the table in terms of, you know, on the kind of business side or the nonprofit side of community of businesses and how um, enterprise is impacting our world. Can you talk about, you know, your experience actually being on a board? Like, how did that happen? What, what in you said, yes, I want to do this. And, you know, what are some of the ways that your experience as a project manager, um, as a business professional, you know, a marketing professional with Verizon, such a huge global company, like how did that all come to play out in your role on that board? Yeah. So it's a great question. I mean, so I, the first board that I was on was an advisory board for City of Hope. And so one of the first things I say as you look to get on boards and be involved is really look at things that you're passionate about. So like so many families, um, our family had been impacted by cancer. And so there was a friend of mine from grad school that was on the advisory board for City of Hope. And she asked me if I would be interested in joining. And that really was my first experience experience being on a board. And it was something that I was passionate about because my family had been impacted. And I knew so many friends that had been impacted by cancer and the opportunity to really make a difference um, appealed to me on on so many different levels. So I first joined that board. Um, then shortly thereafter, I joined a board uh, for Education Pioneers, which really helps um, transform education from the inside out, so to speak. And that connection came through another UCLA alum that had reached out to me and asked me if I'd been, be willing to join the board. And I have a huge passion about education and closing that educational gap. And so again, that really spoke to me. But I was initially hesitant a little bit because everybody on the board had such a strong background in education, you know, so we talk a little bit all the time about imposter syndrome. We talk about that as women and everything. And I'm literally thinking, what can I bring to this board? Because I don't have an education background. I mean, literally the people were, you know, head of the LAUSD PTA and head of this and blah, blah, that. And I'm like, oh, I'm marketing at Verizon. But what they didn't have was someone with a strong marketing background. And because they were all so familiar with education, it's like everyone was talking the same lingo, but it wasn't necessarily easy for people outside of that pocket, so to speak, to understand. And so that's the skill that I was able to bring to the board was, okay, let's really help translate this into a way that's meaningful to people that we're trying to have be donors, to parents that we're trying to have, you know, be part or students be part of this program. And so I think as you join a board, it is looking at what is your skill set? Or as I lovingly like to say, what is your superpower? What are you really good at? Mm -hmm. And looking for boards where, um, A, that it's something that you're passionate about and B, where you can bring your skill set or your superpower to that board and it be impactful in that board or in your community. And sometimes what you bring, I think, you know, you talked about our, our black people on boards and stuff like that. 
we are woefully underrepresented on boards. And when you think about a lot of the nonprofits, they are making decisions that impact our community, our children, our parents, our families, our friends. And so to be at the table and to say, hey, you know what? Um, that's a great idea. But if you really want to reach our community about healthcare, a great way to start is at the church, right? Because that's the local level. That's the grassroots. That's the leader into our community. But someone that's not part of our community may not know that. And so they might set up a program that misses a critical way to provide access to the information that they're trying to share. And so that's what we bring when we come to the board is that perspective about what impacts our community or whatever your own superpower, again, you know, in quotes, your own superpower or your own skill set. I love that. Um, We speak a lot about using your unique gifts and talents to enrich the world around us. And I think that that's such a great example, how you were able to bridge the gap. Yeah, these folks were well-versed in educational things, educational philosophy, et cetera, but they didn't necessarily have the mindset of a marketeer and how to make um, what that lingo was be tangible to the community and to the people. And you were that translator for them. So I think to your point about, you know, us um, not suffering from imposter syndrome, always knowing that our perspective is needed. Our mm-hmm. perspective is um, valuable. And like you said, we have to be there to be the eyes and ears and the voice for people who aren't there. Um, and so I think that's a great way to frame it and a great motivational, um, you know, piece to this too. Cause I think we do think of, oh my gosh, cause I'll be honest, you know, a lot of times I'll just think like it's a bunch of, old people on a board, right? Like, cause that's what you see in the media and you're like, mm, I don't know if I want to do that. I don't know right. if I want to be there. And, you know, thinking about what you just said, Carol makes me think, no, I need to be there. Like, and, and they need me. They're making decisions that are affecting millennials, that are affecting mm-hmm. your generation. That could be affecting the things that are available to your children. And the other what I realized is the other experience that I bought when I joined, you know, those particular boards was as a parent, as a parent who had been trying to find quality education for my child and knew the frustration and how hard that was, or as a parent who, you know, was trying to go through the, the process of, you know, finding a great school or who had direct experience working with students that were trying to go through college and knowing how challenging it was and filling out some of those forms, even with an advanced degree, English as my first language and all those other benefits, it's still when you look at some of those forms, it's daunting. So imagine if you don't have that background. So I I think, again, there are a lot of skills and talents that you can bring to a board that you may not even know. And a great thing to do before you even join a board is to kind of do a self-assessment, right? What do I think my skills are? What do I think I can bring to a board? Um, what issues am I interested in and, you know, looking at different organizations that are focused on that. And I and I don't want to leave out um, public commissions and boards, too, because that's, again, a great way particular in California, I mean, I know people are listening all over, but if you look at your um, local, state, 
government websites, they do most, most states and local governments have public representatives on the different boards and commissions. So you might hear about the water commission, the urban planning commission, the parks and rec, et cetera. Yeah. Oftentimes they have public representatives and those public representatives are you and me. Oftentimes those positions go unfilled because no one applies for them. So, you know, again, check your state and local website, you know, state, check the governor's website or the speaker of assembly, local, check your mayor's website. And you want to look for, you know, boards and commissions, find out what the process is to get on one of those. But do you really, you want to talk about making a difference? You really then have an opportunity to make a difference. You could serve on the election commission. You could serve on, you know, there's commissions for community colleges and how um, public aid is distributed. There are commissions for women and girls. I mean, on every single thing, urban planning, anything, transportation, (laughs) whatever you might be interested in. So there are multiple ways to serve um, and to really help fulfill your passion and make a difference. And I can't emphasize enough, right? So often those boards are not represented of the communities that they serve. And if we are not putting ourselves in a position to apply for those boards and to be part of the conversation, then we're going to continue to have um, decisions made that we look at and go, really? Like, that's just... (laughs) Right. That doesn't work here. Like, who came up with that? Yeah. So we have to be part of that conversation. Absolutely. I had no idea that you could, that there are opportunities where it's just, you know, a regular citizen being a part of a commission like that. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners probably um, were unaware of that too. And that's such a great point because when you talked about transportation, when we think of like gentrification and like things going on in our communities, um, and we were always complaining about them after the fact, but what if we could be a part of the conversation and the decision making process? to your point, you know, at the table, sharing our voice, we have an impact then to be able to literally change policy and outcomes that benefit us. So that is such a wonderful tip, you know, um, and being able to uh, research that. And that's something that I'm interested in looking into, you know, um, here locally, just in my own backyard, what are the commissions where they need a public representative um, to be a part of that? Now talk about you know, um, cause a lot of people are like, Oh, I'm busy. I don't have time for this and that, but yet we always, you know, have something to say, but, um, tell us like, you know, realistically, like what's kind of the time commitment. And then also though, what's the benefit that you gain from it? Because, you know, I believe that sometimes you have to put in something in order to get something back and you're obviously getting and gaining something as well in return, right. From kind of a professional perspective, networking, talk about that. Yeah. So I will say, you know, it's kind of that nebulous. It depends. It depends on the organization that you're volunteering with or the board that you're on. And then it also depends on your level of engagement. So, but I will say typically um, when you are a board member, you are, you know, usually meeting once a month and those meetings are about two hours. You might have a board retreat, an annual board retreat, which could be one day or it could be a weekend. And then you also might have um, events, right? Like maybe you all have an annual gala. And when you're 
getting ready for that gala. It's certainly a lot more than a once a month meeting and it's preparation for the gala and all that other kind of stuff. And so that certainly could be way more time. You also could serve on a committee on a board and that oftentimes there is an audit committee, there's a finance committee, there, there are all these different committees. So you might be serving on a committee as well. But I would say, you know, what's a reasonable or a kind of what's a reasonable expectation is, you know, people might be doing anywhere from, you know, four to 10 hours a month, just depending on the board and your level of engagement. And so you certainly, you know, have some ability to influence that. With the public um, boards and commissions, that time commitment varies. You really need to, again, do the research and look at them. But some of them only meet quarterly, you know, so it is possible to be on two and three boards at the same time, depending on the boards that you're on. But again, that just goes back to why it is so important to be working on something that you're passionate about, right? Right. You don't want to be spending all that time and it's not something that you care about. If it's something that you care about, you, you know, again, you are so willing to put in the time. And in terms of what you get back, just the ability to see a direct impact in your um, community or in policy or decisions that are being made. It's a great opportunity to network. It's a good opportunity to uh, just be a part of the community. And so, you know, I'll give an example. One of the boards that I'm on is Friends of the LAX Dunes, and it's involved with restoring. There's this plot of land near LAX that LAX owns, and it's actually a coastal habitat, and it's a, it's a nature preserve. And so this particular board, we do volunteer days every month to go and help restore that area. And it's home to the El Segundo Blue Butterfly, which is an endangered species. And so over the time since, you know, the board started, it went from three volunteer events to we now do monthly volunteer events. We've had over a thousand volunteers, over 4,000 volunteer hours. And just recently, this project was recognized by, you know, like the National Council of Airports as one of the outstanding community outreach um, efforts. So we've literally been able to see more native plants come back, you know, a restoration of that coastal habitat. So when you get to see something transform, that is so fulfilling. And whether it's that or, or whether it's, again, you know, as I work with um, UCLA and I work with Green Dot and I see these kids move from where they started to, you know, being shy and kind of nervous to, you know, really going into college, thriving at college, letting me know I got an internship, I did an informational interview, whatever. That is just, it literally, it, it makes your day. I mean, not to sound, you know, <laughs> corny, but it, it really makes your day, you know? Yeah, no, that's awesome. Well, I have a, a saying that um, a lot of good things are corny and, um, at the end of the day, you know, it make corny just makes you feel loved. I feel like so right. what you're expressing <laughs> there is just, you know, passing on the love, passing on the experience that you've had, passing on the gifts and the knowledge that you've been blessed to have, um, you know, being a graduate from UCLA Anderson School of Management, um, you know, and a lot of folks don't have that, um, like you said, someone to kind of help navigate them 
to um, higher education, higher learning. So it's so needed for us and um, to, you know, give that hand to somebody else. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's awesome. And I love the fact that you're involved in so many things, Carol. How do you do it all? Um, These are all amazing Uh, opportunities. (laughs) (laughs) Again, it's like when you're doing stuff that you love, it doesn't feel like work, right? Mm-hmm. And for me, my my heart is with these high school and college students. Like that is that they are just my heart. And yeah. so when I am working with them, um, it is just it, again, it gives me goosebumps as I talk about it and as I see the lights go on for them and I see their lives start to transform and and think back, right? Each and every one of us has someone in our life that took a moment to give us advice or took a moment to give us direction or sometimes just encouragement. And that made a difference. And so I just think to myself, like, if, if it's me that's giving them the encouragement and advice, fantastic. Or if it's just giving them, helping them put, be put in an environment that gives them that, you know, yeah. that's it too. And so again, I think the boards and the service lets you be part of the decision process, lets you engage directly with the community and lets you really, truly make a difference, right? More than just saying it, you are living it, you're doing it. Absolutely. So talk to me a little bit about, you know, the difference between corporate boards and nonprofit boards. Yeah. So corporate boards, you know, they are typically for publicly traded companies. So, you know, your Verizons, your IBMs, your GEs, et cetera. Um, those are corporate boards. And most of the time, you know, quite honestly, people that are on those boards are C-levels, right? They're the CEO, they're the CIO, something like that for, mm-hmm. from another corporation. So as you can imagine, those are very uh desirable positions, right? To be on that board. But, you know, when you, again, look across how many of us are actually CIOs, CMOs, CFOs, whatever it's going to be, right? Not, it's only a handful, but that doesn't mean you can't be on a corporate board. I mean, if you look at some of the smaller companies, they might need a board of directors as well. You know, particularly someone that's getting ready to go public, they might need a board of directors or they might need an advisory board. So there's still a way for you to be on a corporate board. It just might, you know, you might have to start out smaller. And being on a nonprofit board is a great way to get board experience to then be on a corporate board, right? So it's kind of like you got to walk before you can run. And so it's, you know... To get on a corporate board, someone's going to want to see that you've had some board experience. So many times people start out in the nonprofit space. It might be with a small nonprofit. It might be with your church. It might be with the board of your, you know, at your kid's elementary school or their school district. And then you can certainly um, go to the next level within within boards. And there are a lot of organizations that provide board leadership and board training. And so um, I actually did a, a program through ABLE. It's the African-American Board Leadership Institute, where it was a, a two-day training session to really, even though I was on boards, I knew I wanted to, as I was saying, up my board game, right, and take it to the next level. And so this was a, a training session to really help you 
be prepared to be a good board member and to understand how boards worked. And then they acted as um, a connector to connect you to boards that were looking for um, people to diversify their board, whether it was gender, ethnicity, et cetera. So that was a great way for me to do that um, was really just getting that board leadership. And there are also other programs out there. And I put together a little list of tips and tricks, which, you know, we'll share um, on your Facebook page at the end of this. But, you know, there are a lot of ways that you can get training. You don't necessarily have to do a formal program, but it, it is about being a good board member. And just like you follow your career path, you kind of have to set a path to be a board member and to get to the type of board that you want to be on. Mm, that's good. I think to your point about, um, you know, being strategic and kind of having this intention and a plan about uh, if you want to pursue being a part of a board, taking the steps and how you do that. If someone is interested in, you know, a particular nonprofit, they found something that they're really interested in and passionate about, what would you say would be the first step for them to raise their hand and get involved? Uh, so literally, you just that, right? Get involved, volunteer. If you're interested in, you know, Heal the Bay, then the first thing you should do is is be a part of that organization and and volunteer and you know start taking leadership roles and even say, you know, I think oftentimes um, we, especially as women, we talked about this a little bit at the UCLA event, but we have what I call like flower syndrome. Like we think that you know because the sun has shone on us and someone has watered us that we're going to shine and someone's going to pick us. And we are not as vocal as we could be about saying what we want and saying our qualifications, right, that have given us the right to make that ask. So, you know, one of the things that I did was I knew I wanted to be on a board. So yes, I got the call from my friend asking me to be part of a board. But this other organization, um, Education Pioneers, had asked me to do some student interviews. And I had done a couple of things with them. And so the, the director, the executive director asked to meet with me to have lunch. And during the lunch, I said, listen, I said, I really would like to be involved and take the next step. I, you know, would be interested in being a board member. Like, what would that entail? And it was funny. It was perfect timing. He's like, well, that's why I invited you to lunch. But <laughs> it, was making, it was making that ask. It was knowing what I wanted and making that ask. And, and even when I joined the board at um, Green Dot, it was contacting, you know, someone that I had been um, served with before in a different capacity and saying, hey, listen, I really want to be uh, on a board, you know, on a larger board. What do you suggest? What should I do? Are there boards you can recommend? So a lot of it is putting the word out there, making yeah. sure you have obviously the skill set and you've done your part, but then putting the word out there. It's literally very similar to looking for a job in a way, right? It's marketing yourself. It's having your skills. It's being willing to network. It's making the ask. It's all those things. But it's it's so worthwhile because you're then doing something that, um, you know, hopefully is meaningful for you and then making impact in the community. Absolutely. Well, I love what you said about making the ask. 
I think that's really such a powerful mantra for women and for women of color, because a lot of times we don't ask and you have not because you ask not. And, right. and then we have the other factor of, you know, like you said, women often um, thinking that, um, you know, we don't want to be too showy. We don't want to be too bold. Someone will right. see our good works. And, right. you know, to your point, no, go ahead and make that ask. Tell them what they're missing. Show them what they're missing and how you can contribute to that mission of that organization. So, and Carol, ladies and gentlemen, is a great example of this. Um, just in the way that we met, um, Carol found me on LinkedIn. And, um, even though we were at the same event, we kind of just said hello in passing and ended up, um, meeting up after this event that we had both been a part of and, uh, friendship has ensued afterwards. So, you know, being um, bold and being out there just to ask and connect with people and people often say yes, but you have to make the ask. So um, I just thank you for being such a great example of what you preach, Carol. Um, Yeah, a great connector too of other people. So I appreciate that. Um, I want to thank you for being our guest today. You gave awesome advice and awesome tips and share with us a little bit about the resources. I know you've put together a resource list that we're going to make available to our podcast listeners on our Facebook page. Yeah. So the resources are just, you know, some of the things that I have found that have worked for me, some tips and tricks. Um, so, you know, some of the, I list Ailey, I list board source, you know, if you're in California, like sometimes if you don't know what nonprofit to start at, uh, or you want to get involved in, you know, look at some of the organizations that make grants or work with nonprofits, because that's a good way to see some of the ones that are up and coming, so to speak. Um, so I have those on there. I also have, you know, how to read a 10K, because that's one of the mm. things that you want to look at as well as you, you know, as you're joining these organizations, you want to make sure you understand what their financial stability is. And, you know, it may be that it's a little bit rocky, but you need to know that going in. And and one thing I should mention is oftentimes boards have what they call a give or get. Um, Not all boards do, but some do. And what that means is they're looking for you to make a certain amount of donation, a certain donation amount every year, or bring that in in other donations. Again, not all boards have that. Don't let that um, keep you from participating because you can get creative. Your company might match your donation. You may have somebody that's willing to, you know, donate um, in, in kind donation, meaning, you know, I mean, donate equipment or something like that that the organization can use. There are lots of different ways that you can, you know, meet that that number. So certainly don't let that stop you. But, you, yeah. you know, you also want to be considerate, right? I mean, if, if, it's, if the giver get is $10,000 and you know that that's a hardship for you, that's not the right board for you at this time. So start with another board that maybe doesn't have one or that has one that's more within your budget. But, you know, so the tips and tricks and the resources, it's just kind of some things that I have found to be helpful, certainly not exhaustive, but you know, to give you a good way to, to start your search and start um, looking. And, and on there is, you know, my Twitter information. If you certainly feel free to reach out to me, I would love to, you know, connect with you and answer any questions. I'm also on LinkedIn. You can connect with me that way. But, um, you know, I just, I'm 
so glad that we met that you said yes, right? Because <laughs> who knew, but you said yes. And it's just been a great opportunity to, to really have a good discussion about, um, what we can do with women, how we can support each other and how we can continue to be part of that conversation. Absolutely. So thank you so much for enriching us today. I'm excited to kind of delve into and explore, you know, nonprofit boards myself more. And I'm really interested in this idea of being a public representative for um, some of the different government commissions that are in our own backyard. So Mm -hmm. Carol, what's your um, Twitter handle? So it's at Carol Neal Marketing and that's C-A-R-O-L-E. N-E-A-L-M-K-T-G. So at Carol Neal Marketing, or you can just search Carol Neal. I'm on Twitter. I'm on LinkedIn and would love to connect with them. And certainly they can always just reach back through you um, to get to me directly. But, you know, just happy to be part of this conversation and to share this information. I would love to see more people and more women on boards. I think it just would, um, again, it starts to change the direction and the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Well, don't forget to connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. Our Instagram is at Rich Black Woman and Facebook is at Rich Black Women. And that's plural. Share this podcast with your Flossy Posse, your crew, your family, your mom, your play cousin, your coworkers. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher and tune in as well as SoundCloud. And don't forget to leave a review on iTunes. We appreciate your words of encouragement. Until next time, I'm your girl, Yaz, and you've been listening to the Rich Black Woman Podcast, where we enrich you in mind, body, and bank. Let's get rich together. And remember, we live in a world of unlimited abundance. 